Hey, welcome back to the Flipside Podcast. Today we are talking about visual cues and triggers while tricking. Some things that and happen. Yeah, and and in gymnastics, of course. What are some in gymnastics that are really difficult for for students to spot? Um, spotting flipping vaults right away can be kind of difficult, or like spotting um, bar release moves can be difficult if you're not knowing how your body feels in space or where you need to look or even doing um, some of the on bar skills, like a clear hip or a toe on. If you're not looking in the right spot and trying to use your visual cues of knowing where your feet are, it's hard to do the skill by itself because those visual cues are what almost tell your body and your brain just like, Oh, I, this is exactly where I am. This is exactly what I need to do at this point. Like yeah. the way that my coach used to teach, um, when we learned, well, when I learned a Kazumatsu, which is a quarter twist onto the table, and then you do essentially a cartwheel over the table, quarter twist forward, and then do a front half out. Okay. So it sounds really complicated, but it's really not. Yeah, I but, can I can picture it. Because you you do a lefty cartwheel, and then you push off. You quarter turn to the left, and then you do a front half. It's it's like uh it's like doing um an Arabian off your hands. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And but then, then but then add a half. Yeah, also. It's 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 not really complicated, but yeah. the way he taught me to do it is I would do the quarter on once I block, I spot my quarter out going forward so I can see where I am and I have that visual cue that I know where I am and then I front half spot the table that I know I'm done with the twist and then I can spot the floor to land and then stand and then spot the table again while my feet are coming down. Yeah, that's really cool. You have like equipment to spot too. Um, that's actually really interesting in gymnastics. Like um, I was teaching uh, Arabians and it was really funny because they can't, they don't understand how to come, how to do the half twist in the beginning. You know, they want to just get the front flip over that's with. That's the hardest They part. feel like they're already like, at their peak so they have to flip they can't wait any longer but it's like if you're just dumping it over if you're just turning and then not trying to land on your feet and just trying to get over your head it shouldn't be that hard you should be able to just do your half and dump it over but they can't do it for some reason and i've had people do like 10 in a row and i'm like what the heck and so then what we do is i i actually go to the i go to our bar section and i get a springboard there have them stand on the springboard and I have them turn their back to the low bar and then I have them jump and then grab the low bar but they can do that so I'm like okay we do that a couple times and I work on getting their hips um to be as close to the like low like as high as high as they can get it um so that they're grabbing the hor- the the low bar um like uh horizontally and yeah. so then and then I go back to the trampoline I'm like okay and I put out like my arm or like a, a noodle and then they stand on the tramp and they and they go to grab it and then they dump it over because now, now they can do that that same thing. So using the equipment is actually really, really cool. I I do that too. But um, you know, just it's it's cool that that works. You know, and and makes them think like, oh, because when I reach out my arms to aim for an object, it completely changes the scale. Like it, com- it completely changes like how they're performing it instead of just trying to feel it out, trying to like look through the skill instead of actually just doing the skill with their body. You know, they got to get out of their head and into their limbs. Yeah, actually, I'm going to steal that drill, too, because I've never thought of teaching an Arabian like that. I always start at standing, but I usually did it where I was doing, um, what I'll have them do is I'll have them do a standing dive roll, but it'll be their back towards the 
uh, resi that we have. So I'll tell them to do jump, half turn, dive roll, or jump, half turn, bounce, dive roll. So then they understand that they have to wait before they dump it over. That's the way I always right. tell them. like you have to wait, then dump. Wait, then dump. Because if you flip it too soon, oh my God, it looks so wonky. And it, I know it feels <laughs> weird. It's oh yeah, the weirdest feeling thing. And they're trying to like flat spin during the tuck, and they're just like yep. flexing their one like oblique like so hard. <laughs> just like trying to pull it around. They're like, and you, they can tell too when they do it. Because then they're like, oh god, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, ah, I flipped too soon. <laughs> That's the hardest part about teaching. Honestly, is they get embarrassed. <laughs> Students get so embarrassed with that trick. It's so funny. Because um, it, it seems so easy, and it, it's not that it isn't. It's just like. There's a slight intricacy that if you don't wait long enough, it's going to go bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Um, and then some tricking tricks that have um, like really solid visual cues, I feel like are aerial semis and any semis, honestly. Um, I've been doing a lot of those recently and finding that it's really cool because a lot of times in tricking, it's like there's not like a body position that you need to hit. You know, you just you go into your trick and you feel it out and you try to find the body position, maybe like eagle, and you try to find that position late, or you're doing a cheat nine and you try to find that position late. But with a front swing, it's really funny. You actually, it's like a double back. You know, it's like the gymnastics moves where it's like, find this position and then the trick will happen and then you can open up. Aerial semi is just like that. So that's my favorite one to use an example for visual <clears throat> cues and triggers is you do your spin step. You transfer from right to left. You lean hard into your left your leg, whatever leg is not landing, your front swinging leg, which is my left because I twist left. And you scoop it over, really reaching your right arm over your head. And so you're basically in this side flipping weird position, only tucking your left leg. And then you can stare at a point on the wall the whole time as you turn over. And then you try to get your left side to crunch as hard as you can and get your other side to be as open as possible so that when you come around and you're coming for that front swing you can open up completely like that's your way to like extend and push um the less crunched you are the less you can push so Ooh. pretty cool just like these small triggers and this body position like that's the other thing is is the body positions are triggers and the body movements are triggers so taking off and feeling the weight transfer properly is a trigger. So you say, okay, that trigger happened. Now I'm going to grab my left leg. Okay. I found my left leg and I'm crunching my, uh, my obliques on my one side. That's another trigger. And it, I, there, there could be like a hundred triggers in one trick and I don't have to pay attention to them all. And most of them are subconscious, but that's what allows triggers to transfer things. Like if you're doing cheat nine times three or G switch times three, um, anything like that is you have triggers you don't know it but i think that is naming that is like revolutionary and calling it a trigger is just like a really big deal and i, I really want that to be normal in tricking is calling it that and using that to coach because it's really really good so doing cheat nine times three okay you do cheat nine yeah. you throw out your kick okay and yeah. and even before that what are your triggers you do your transfer onto your right leg you lift your left knee you're turning around and you spot your target. You switch feet and you switch knees, honestly, and then you throw out your kick after. Your left leg lands properly. That's another trigger. You start to replicate the one you just did. So, And then also all of your, your leaning orientation is a trigger. Just like when you break it down to the, to the bare bones, it's, it's really crazy how a lot of it is subconscious. But when you bring it to the conscious level – 
then you have so much more control over how it's being performed and how you can change it. Because instead of saying, oh, I want to change how my cheat nine looks, I'm going to try this way of doing it. Like, for example, um, Tiki Wu, he does like rap. Um, he does he does rap versions of, of them. Instead of raising his knee up and forward, he kind of pulls it back behind himself. And uh, a lot of people have been trying that because he has really, really good 12s right now. So a lot of people have been trying that method, but they're doing it wrong because they are, they'll go for their, they'll go for their nine and they'll be like, okay, well, what's different? The wrap is different. And then they send it. And then all the triggers have changed now because your normal transfer of energy is different. Your wrap is different. Your arm orientation is, is going to be different. Your spot should be the same, but because the body has to do something different, now your spot is different because you're not hitting all of those cues properly. Oh, it's it's crazy to think like back of doing even skills in gymnastics, how the triggers just even just speeding them up or changing slight orientation just makes such a drastic difference to what it'll look like. It's so big. Yeah, you can change the complete look of it just by the timing or by adding just like a little bit more arm punch or bringing your arms in just a little bit more, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, the smallest thing can completely change. And then also too, so triggers can be subconscious. They don't have to be conscious, but you need to know what they are um, at some level because if you mess up a trick, then you can go watch the video and be like, these are my list of triggers in my head. And you go watch the trick and you're like, what did I do wrong? That's what allows you to teach yourself. If You, you might not even know that that's what it is, but that's what it is. You, For example, backside 12. I'll watch myself do backside 12 and be like, okay, what did I do wrong? Like I wasn't leaning over my ankles enough. Like I need to lean forward into my punch, not backwards, because otherwise I'm going to be doing a full um, takeoff when I'm trying to vert twist. Or maybe yeah. my arms didn't come in, or maybe they were never out in the first place. Or maybe I never chambered my leg. Or maybe my head didn't even look to the left as I'm twisting. Whatever it is, you just need to know all of them so that you can teach yourself. I agree. And then you also kind of leads into... Uh, body awareness and spatial awareness like when you're doing your skill because if you can feel it so if you look at those visual cues and you're just like all right well you're not feeling the trigger maybe for like some of the things that you have to feel then you're watching the video and you're like oh well, why do i keep messing up and then if you can look at the video and you can remember like how it felt going through it and you're like oh well it should feel or i should be leaning this way during this part and you focus on that little bit of a trigger during the scale and all of a sudden it can change everything and then just make it actually happen for the way you want to because like we would do oh god what was the scale or like clear hips for us so a clear hip is uh you are on the bar cast your hips up off the bar and you come back to the bar you're trying to touch your hips as little as possible if at all spin around the bar and shoot up to a handstand on the bar sounds okay, so really like scary. a like a like a bad giant, right? Yes, okay. almost kind of like a, a a bad giant in a way. Got it. And when you do it, you want to be able to spot your toes right as they start to come over the bar, so you know to open up and start to open your shoulders and throw the bar down to the ground, and then shift your wrists. Now the biggest wow. thing is like that visual cue leads into a physical trigger. As you see the cue, you're exactly. like, all right, my toes are here. Now I need to keep the pressure on the bar and try to push it open as hard as I can. That is so crazy to me. I know, right? Because what's so crazy about that is the equipment side because I've never even thought about the equipment side of it um, with like, I mean, I guess that drill for the Arabians is similar, but 
that's a crazy idea that you can't feel the bar except that you're holding on to it but you don't know where it is in space necessarily because it's a it's an object it's not part of your body so you actually have to look at it and see when your feet pass it that's a really weird concept and then also like looking in that direction probably helps you hold hollow as well instead of like yep. being open and, and loose that's just crazy to me. You're like having a visual cue outside of, I guess like doing a G switch, like I guess you have the floor, but that's just like such a, that's too simple compared to that. That's really, really cool. Yeah, no, some gymnastics cues are just like, almost just like the slightest, slightest thing, but it makes such a big difference. Like sometimes even just spotting the bar or like spotting the floor at the right time. Like when I would do foals, even just on floor, like my back full, I would literally set, wait as long as I could until I got pretty much to vertical. I would spot the floor and then pull the full on the way down because I could. Yeah. And that was, that was like how I preferred to do it. Cause then I could stick it every time. Then right. doing double full, <laughs> I would try to spot the floor just a tad bit earlier. Cause I would feel right as I got to vertical and then pull it around a little bit harder and then spot the floor almost halfway through. Is this your double fulls on floor? Just a second. Yeah, and on track. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. I um wouldn't necessarily copy that technique <laughs> 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 because his double fulls are not necessarily the best unless you can send me some videos to change my mind, Sean. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, you tore your ACL on double fulls, so... <laughs> that was one, one time. One time. <laughs> Just one time. <laughs> No biggie. All right. Well, give it a try if you guys are brave. <laughs> God. Um. But like, but like double backs. Do you spot for double back? Like yeah. The only. Cue? Yes, I do. So I do uh, my triggers for double back. I do a really good round off. The biggest thing is that I need a really wide base going into my round off, and then I lean like. Well, lean is a bad word. I fall into my round off so i do my little prep skip whatever you call that my hurdle and then hurdle. i put my hands down and i'm just i'm just relaxing and falling into it and then once both my hands are down i feel like i'm in a i'm in a uh, handstand shape i push away and i don't push up and down you know what i mean i don't push okay. away from the floor in the sense of upwards i push away from the floor in the sense of distance and then yeah I hit my feet on the ground and I look, I'm still looking at the floor, probably at a 45 degree angle. Once my feet hit, then I look at the wall directly in front of me. I go as high as I can. And right before I hit my peak, I grab my geodude tuck. And then after that, I just feel it. I just feel it. And then I start opening and, and I can, I can feel if I'm open too early, I can feel gravity pulling on my hips in a way that tells me I'm either not flipped enough, flipped too much, and then I, based on the opening. So I open, and then I feel gravity when I open, and depending on the direction of the gravity, I react. Interesting. So then, really, the time and gravity also plays into more triggers of, like, you knowing where you are in the skill. Right, and that's, I think, the biggest thing about um, feeling tricks. I think a lot of people don't know that. So air awareness is based off of gravity. Like if you do a trick, um, like for example, uh, we jump on the trampoline as high as we can, and then we do a kill bounce backflip and we do it in place. Like we don't jump at all. It's just like you try to hit your head into the tramp by backflipping super low. Um, you don't <laughs> have, 
you don't have air awareness on tricks like that. Or people who do, um, people who do like backflips with no jumping, when they do those standing ones and they just they keep their legs really straight and they backflip. Um, the reason that they're able to throw those tricks is like obviously balls. But the reason that you need balls is because there's no time to react. But it's like it's hard to explain because there's not a good example. But the higher you go, the the larger arc you create, and you can feel the weightlessness at the peak. So the the more weightlessness that you can achieve, which is based on the height and the angle that you take off of, um, the more air awareness you're going to have during that trick. Which is why people actually in the beginning of tricking don't have a lot of air awareness is because they don't know how to get their height and optimize their time in the air before they hit their peak or during the peak. And most of the tricking that occurs, most of the actual trick, like the twisting or like if you're doing a shuriken cutter or wherever a variation occurs or like a hip switch, it happens at the peak because you're weightless. Um, and it allows you to do that without all the pull of gravity pulling on certain parts of your body or that takeoff, you know, if you ever do like a 540 kick where you kick way too early and you can feel the strain in your hip. And that's like, holy crap, that's a lot of weight to pull around. How do people fight 40 kick? You just kick later because when you kick later, you're at your peak or you're falling. And so you're allowing gravity to assist the pull instead of doing it against gravity because you're going up and now you're trying to yank your leg up and over instead of going down and having gravity pull on your hip your low hip and then letting your right hip go over naturally. That's interesting. So yeah, it's, it's that weightlessness feeling that you can feel and you can feel when it's pulling down. And then it's also based on timing. So it's like you take off and you're like, okay, well I felt myself go up into the air for like 0.3 seconds. And now I'm at my peak because I can feel that sense of weightlessness. So I have 0.3 seconds now to come back down. So <laughs> what can Ooh. I achieve in that time? You know, it's like a timing thing along with that feeling the peak area and then also the angle of takeoff you know because it tells you how long the peak area is going to last that's true and i, I feel like it, that all comes from more like repetition kind of stuff doesn't it to get understand like the timing of the skill right because because it's different with every skill but no i think a lot of people subconsciously know that stuff but i don't think they consciously know that they, they like <clears> otherwise <throat> if you can do a double back or even a double cork or like a double full or anything that requires more airtime then you understand that concept you just don't know you understand that concept that's true i feel like even so for like us we tend to work double backs like off a tumble track or sometimes on the floor and it'll help the timing of doing like uh sukaharas and your chankos which are flipping vaults off the off a vault i mean because you're doing two flips so the amount of time that it takes to be able to do two flips off the floor is going to be about the same time that it takes for vault. Even though it's a little bit higher in the air for vault, in reality, it's the same, probably almost the same amount of time from the springboard to the floor that it is from floor to floor. Yeah. And then well, it'll usually also help with more visual cues too because you have to spot almost exactly the same. That's the best part. Yeah, being able to replicate other cues like the visual cues and the triggers and not necessarily that that feeling but like if you've ever had to go to a new spring floor and been like wow i'm not used to this floor that's because your normal peak time is whatever it is and maybe this floor is bouncing you higher than you normally go on the skill even though you have the exact same physical triggers visual triggers but then you're like you know two inches higher and you're like dang i just cannot swing you know like i was doing i was at cats for the first time in like probably like a month and a half <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> it's been about it's been a bit and um but i went to cats and i was trying to swing a dub and granted i was really really tired 
um, at that session. I was exhausted, but that was not the issue at first. Like it was just the beginning of the session. I did a dub swing and I just dry swung it so hard. And I was like, wow, I usually just, I usually can do a flip out of it. You know, I can usually adjust and flip out of it, but I was just not used to the floor because it feels different and I need to adjust my feeling and timing. Or even if you've ever bailed a trick before, that's you reacting to triggers. You know, you do like you're going to do a double back. You take off and usually what the problem is with double back, you know, you hit your double back and you're like, oh, my angle is too far back. So my peak time is not upwards. So I'm going to have a lot of drag Um, and I won't be able to open downwards. You know, you're going to open out. Yeah. Have you ever actually flipped a low double back on the floor? Um, oh yeah, Holy, hell yes, hell yes, because I did um I did scoot Valdez double back. Oh, I did scoot pop double back. <laughs> Ooh. Did you remember that one? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I did scoot pop double back and I um I it looks like I land on my head, but I immediately felt myself like not hit a proper peak, which like I probably people said that if I had held my tuck really tight, I still could have landed it, which I believe it, but I also but- it's like it didn't feel right, and so I reacted to the visual trigger and or, or to the – I didn't feel right, so I reacted to the physical trigger. And the feeling that my hips had passed their peak already, I was going to do my second rotation on the way down, which they said, like, you could have still landed, but my body says that's not going to happen. Because especially no. with the, my ankles the way they are, if I land flipping already coming down, the pressure is going to be – ridiculous and it would just like hurt really really bad and probably break my ankles again (laughs) yeah that's like the biggest thing is like they have to understand when your body reacts to the physical trigger and it opens up it's because something went wrong and then your body loses where it is in space which then it's just it sends this terrifying signal to your brain and you just don't know what to do except to open up and try to bail right and it's not even like a Especially with someone like 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 us who've trained it and we've trained our bodies to be smart and then like we can't really it's not fair to get upset about like I was really I was really angry like when I did that scoop pop double back because I was like I could have landed it, I hurt my knee, so now I can't send it again and I don't feel comfortable sending it again. And it was like but I was like, why did I open? Like it shouldn't have opened, it looked landable, but it's like you can't be upset because you trained your body to react that way and it reacted yeah. properly. And I was safe because it looks like I landed on my head, but I knew exactly where I was essentially. And I went, as soon as I opened, I was like, oh, I know where I am because I opened up. As soon as you open, you can feel the pull of gravity, right? So I, I opened yep. up and I, I, so to me, it's like, the lower my knees are, the more I can feel the pull of gravity. So if my knees are at like a 90 degree angle, right, in like a chamber, I can't really feel it. Um, but as soon as I start to lower it, then I can feel the pull on my hips. No, probably, has to do, probably has to do with um, my muscles like slowly disengaging and, the, and my, my legs gaining weight, something like that, um, which is really cool. I love that stuff. So um, yeah, as soon as I opened up, I was like, oh, I'm directly upside down, shot my hands to the floor and like hands bringed out. So yeah, I've, I've done the same thing. Uh, except it wasn't a scoot. I did. <laughs> I was, it was at the gym. We were, I was doing double backs for the day and cause normally I did double pike cause double tuck spun too fast for me. So I couldn't get the timing of it and I would always over rotate it. So I did double pike just to slow it down just enough where the timing felt correct. Yeah. Now, one time, this is when I got one of my concussions, 
I did round off back handspring, and I was going to go into double back. And I felt myself leave at somewhere around like a 55 to 45 degree angle, I would guess. Backwards. It felt like I was leaning way too hard. But at the same time, my body was like, all right, if I just try to do a back tuck, it was a very split second decision. It was like, do a back tuck, you still might miss your feet. And then you're just, get, it's just going to hurt really bad and you're going to land on your head. I was right. like, and then instead it was like, all right, so instead of doing double pike, do a double tuck and just hold and pray and you should be fine. Now, the problem is I pulled it in so hard. I did a double tuck and still missed my feet and went straight to my head. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It. I I had never done a double back like that ever again. And I've always told kids, I'm like, look, you got to understand when you set for a back handspring and a backflip, they're two different sets. And this is why. <laughs> and they just look at me like, you did a double back like that. I'm like, yeah, I still don't get how I did it. I just, I, I went with it and I just didn't guess second guess it. Cause I knew hey, if I second guessed it, I would have done, I would have gotten really hurt. <laughs> Right. That's the biggest thing about when you get a visual or any type of trigger and you, it tells you like, this is wrong. Now, what do you do? You know, you have to, you, you have to pick a decision and you stick with it. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't be like, Oh, this one, maybe this one, you know? And like, there are points where uh, it's really funny. You ever see people do like a dry swing and they're going to do like a cork or something. And then they go up and they do a gainer instead, but then they're in their gainer and they decide to cork it like how like at the very end it's so funny it looks like this really wacky like opened cork nine or like like a cork slash like swing nine and it's just crazy like you could never really do it on purpose like you swing up and then you're about to like you're about to do a gainer but then you realize your orientation is wrong so you're gonna like land on your side so then you twist it to your feet it's really it's like some cat shit where you like throw a cat in the air and then they like figure out how to get to their feet it's really like that God, that is weird because because they're you're you're opening up you do that gainer you're open and you're like something is wrong and then you feel like some sort of maybe it's a muscle memory that kicks in and you're like oh this feels natural so then you just finish it you know versus landing on your side like something kicks in and you get these visual cues and then you're you know where you're at you find the floor and you just wriggle yourself into position God. yeah because that was my biggest thing like i noticed during double back, and the, what scared me is like I saw the visual cue, and I noticed, and I felt it. I felt both sides. I felt the physical cue, and I felt the, and I saw the visual cue, and I was like, I'm leaning back way too much. I was like, all right, oh my god, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like I was doing um Scoot Valdez double backs and TDR Valdez double backs, and I had plenty of them where I was like. Oh, I'm high enough, but I don't know. Like, wait, I didn't take off from a backhand spring, so it's gonna be a little <laughs> bit lower. And you just you like rip it, and you're like, oh crap, I'm really low. Where like I would do the double back, and I'd be like, oh, like I timed it properly. I felt my peak, and I should be able to open now. I open, and I'm like on my stomach. I'm like, wow, what the hell? But <laughs> wait that's a second, why, <laughs> this is wrong. So yeah, I would like. That's why that's why learning like cork variations is really good, but that's also why it's difficult because you're like trying to figure out the variation, but your cues yeah. are different, you know, even though the trick is should be the exact same. And that's why learning um we had that episode about um spreading yourself thin or being well rounded. 
that's why that's so important because it adds so much to your visual cues. It adds so much to your physical feeling ability and like feeling that like pull of gravity and everything. You just get so much air awareness from having all your, all your variations. Yeah. Increasing the repertoire definitely helps with a lot of things because teaching or learning new skills when you know the visual cue or the trigger for like a couple things here, there, you can just kind of try to combine them and see how it works and play around with it. Yeah, totally. Have you had any other oh balls moments as we like to call them? <laughs> Besides that kaboom one that we had. <laughs> oh um, God. <laughs> let's see. I mean, not that scared me that bad. I mean, at the gathering, I had one that was kind of embarrassing was, uh, was I was Ooh. doing double backs, and so I did round off double back, and I landed it, and then I went to go do. I wanted it for the battle, so I was like warming it up, and I did round off, and I was and I hit really strong, and I went to double back, but then I felt myself move like I shift backwards, like my punch felt like it went up. My angle was just probably a little bit wrong, or maybe I didn't hold my core tight or whatever. But I went yeah. up, I did the first back tuck. And as soon as I did, I felt myself like shift backwards, like six inches. And I was like, oh, I need to open now. And I did. And then I like land on my heels and then like slipped to my back. But then that's okay because then I just stood up and did it on the way back and landed. So it was all good. But it was kind of like <laughs> embarrassing. And it was kind of freaky too because I was like, there were, I was upside down in the first backflip. And I was like, do I pull another one and no, and knowingly not land it? Or do I open now? Like now? <laughs> like I don't, like not not in not in zero point zero 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 one seconds now. <laughs> so I opened. It was just like God. now. <laughs> so scary. That's why Except, double flips like you know take that extra level of of guts. They do because you. I mean, doing one flip for some people is scary at first, and then once you get past that barrier, it's really easy. And then adding twists can be a little bit easier, but adding a second flip is just Oh, it's such a, a a wall to conquer. But then, then there's that people triple pike. The triple pike you sent me, right? It's like that's what exactly what I was gonna say. Oh, my, what is a bail point for a triple pike? You're in one and a half, and you're like, hmm, I think I can do one and a half more. <laughs> like, like God, okay, the 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 minuscule amount of time that he probably has for an actual visit, like a visual cue or like a physical trigger to know that he's gonna be fine is oh my god i could not it's ever probably imagine like triple pike it's all about feeling i feel like like so much more feeling based which is terrifying because you could be at two and a half and be feel a hundred percent confident you know and then just land flat on your head i know god, he, could, he and he did it so flawlessly he did it was so good. flawless i was just like how how would you just have the guts to be like all right i'm gonna flip three times it was oh. straight legs. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do that double pike on tramp too. Yeah, you were telling me to do double pike on tramp. That's something that's really funny too. Is like I'm really good at double backs, and I could probably triple back on tramp, and I, I might, I might, but we'll see. It's just like a, like I'll have to feel it that day kind of thing. But it's not going to be something I do oh, yeah. all the time because I've just seen too many videos. Of people like even when they land it, they break their knees, and I'm like, no thanks. Like I will land it. And I don't want to break my, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like punished for doing it correctly. So I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I'll do the, I'll do the double pike. That'll be crazy because the visual cues and all the air awareness is going to be completely different on the pike than it is the back. I'll just have to base it so much more on feeling. And it just feels cool to like, 
it, it makes it feel like new, you know, you, you do oh, it yeah. and you're like, you're, you're, you're so much more aware out of your eyes because you don't, you can't trust the feeling yet. Oh my God. And it feels so crazy. The first time you're just like, wow, I just did that. Even right. if you like do it right 90% of the way and you still mess up at the end, you're still just like, whoa, I just <laughs> right. did something way different. Like that was cool. Oh, that's my favorite thing about like doing tricks um, with uh, like those small variations like that. Like, so last night I was doing swing double nine hyper and then I did gainer scissor hyper and it was really crazy because they're, well, it was gainer helicopter hyper. Actually. So they they are essentially the same move. Swing double nine hyper and gainer helicoptero hyper are essentially the same move, but the hip orientation is different. So it's like it's like am I flipping or am I twisting? Is like you're trying to make them feel like that. And then the left hip, I feel like in the helicoptero is locked up so much higher. So when you land it, it's like you're coming out like almost hyper hook style, but more like you just landed a gainer, like a really big gainer. Versus the other one, it feels yeah. like you're coming out of a cork hyper or like a swipe move. So they're just completely different, but they're the same. So it's like those small cues that give you the information to make you have this certain body orientation is really crazy. So you just being able to actually make your body make two moves that are pretty much like, like definition-wise very similar look yeah. very, very different.